that's our trend. We want to put sweet Andrew Garfield in horrifying <laughs> situations. Oh, you're in trouble now. What? Why? 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 You're listening to IMDb is Obsessed, the podcast that tells you the one show or movie you must watch this week. Today, we're talking about Under the Banner of Heaven, which just started streaming on Hulu. I'm joined by fellow IMDb video and podcast producer Jeff Lupino Esposito. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Alex. I am excited to talk true crime, Mormonism, and so much more. Yeah, let's do it. Remember, if you like what you hear, help us out with a rating and review on your podcast app of your choice. It really helps us out. All right, so uh, before we dive into Under the Banner of Heaven, let's give some quick honorable mentions to shows we were thinking about covering this week so listeners can remain in the know. Yeah, okay, let's talk about this first title here. This is Shining Girls. Uh, This one also premiered today, but on Apple TV+. Plus. It stars Elizabeth Moss, who I absolutely love, and will follow her to anything. It's part crime thriller, part time-shifting sci-fi. Definitely interested to keep an eye on this, not just for Elizabeth Moss, but all the weirdness involved. Yeah, it's also based on a fictional novel, unlike Under the Banner of Heaven, which is a nonfiction novel. There's two returning shows that were on my radar that I was definitely thinking about. One was Barry. Season three just kicked off last Sunday. It's on HBO Max. I mean, everything I've read said that this season is going to push Barry even darker than we've seen him go so far. So I can't even imagine what that's going to mean. But I've been a fan of seasons one and two. I feel like Barry's one. If you know, you know, you're already on the train. Yes, exactly. Bill Hader doesn't need our help. (laughs) And then the other was Undone, which I loved season one. Season two just premiered on Prime Video. It's that uh, rotoscoped animation series, if you saw any trailers for it. The team behind BoJack Horseman created it. And yeah, I just thought the first season was really beautiful, took on grief and magical realism. And it's really funny, obviously, too. So I'm definitely looking forward to season two, but you for sure have to watch season one first. That's what I'm definitely going to have to catch up on. I'm super interested in it. And I will have that time because we're actually taking next week off. I'm going to be on location in San Diego for the Top Gun Maverick junket. But we'll be back on Friday, May 13th. Oh, should we rank all the Friday the 13th movies on Friday the 13th? Okay, so it's Jason Lives, obviously. Okay, so we'll figure that out, Alex. We'll we'll, we'll figure that out in a couple weeks, maybe. But uh, for the show that you can hop right into that earns our obsessed recommendation this week, it's Under the Banner of Heaven. Here's the IMDb description of it. A devout detective's faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder seemingly connected to an esteemed Utah family's spiral into LDS fundamentalism and their distrust in the government. Okay, let's maybe define some terms there really quickly. Uh, LDS, that's shorthand for Latter-day Saints movement and the church, in other words, Mormonism. And in 2018, I want to just mark this, the church officials actually released a statement that they preferred the title for members as Latter-day Saints instead of Mormons. Okay. The show, of course, since it's set in the 80s, will refer to them as Mormons, but they are Latter-day Saints. Mm, Okay, that's really helpful. And it comes up a ton in the show. You're dealing with that mainstream side of the church, and then you also have this rogue movement of fundamentalist Mormons. And the key there is that they're hearkening back to what they see as kind of the pure original practices of the church before 1890, 
when they officially renounced polygamy. And that distinction is really important in the series and important to the church as well. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that has always been at odds in the church. That's something that they're they're moving forward. And some members are looking back to the traditional fundamental sides of the religion, which is always in conflict. Which is something I think we both really appreciated is that it's part true crime, 80s murder mystery based on a true story, and then part history lesson too, but in a fun way. Yes, in a way where they actually put the history up on its feet. And it's not just two people having a conversation necessarily. Of course, there's the interrogations that then jumps back to that kind of history. But for the most part, it is the crime that you were watching unfold. When it jumps back to that historical angle, it's instead adding those thematic elements and character motivation elements that are inherent to their religion and what they learned as a child. Oh, that's such a cool way to put it. Yeah. And a lot of this is centered around, of course, Andrew Garfield, who plays yep. the lead, Jeb Pyrie. He's the Mormon detective who's wrestling with his faith. And it's actually Garfield's first major leading TV role. He's made appearances, but otherwise it's been all film and theater. Yeah. Then you've got Daisy Edgar Jones, who you know from Normal People, which you could also watch on Hulu, and the recent horror comedy on Hulu, Fresh, with Sebastian Stan. Here she plays one of the victims, uh, but you do spend a lot of time with her because we're seeing the events leading up to her murder. Right. You get a lot of the context and how she tried to lead her husband and any connection that he had to his family away from that fundamentalism was what eventually led them to target her as a victim, which is, you know, very tragic. Yeah, it's super well written. And that is not a surprise because the show's creator is Dustin Lance Black. He won Best Original Screenplay Oscar for Milk the Harvey Milk biopic starring Sean Penn. Uh, He also wrote on Big Love, the 2006 to 2011 HBO show about a polygamist in Utah. Pretty different tone from this series, though. (laughs) But he's definitely been on the LDS beat for some time now. Like he's he knows his stuff. And as you're saying, it's 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 so well written, but it's such an incredible adaptation because John Krakauer's original book is able to parallel the historical angles and the true crime that he's telling, but he's telling a true story. He's not trying to tell a narrative and he's not couching it in characters and having these things come out of character motivations or character histories. But Dustin Lance Black is able to intermingle all that and have these characters tell that historical angle in really impactful parts. I mean, in the same way that Krakauer does, but Krakauer, as you know, the narrator of that book, can just switch between and he's like, and now we're back in this time. Dustin Lance Black is able to weave them all together and make it really come from a character to tell you the story. And it makes it resonate that much more because you're following this character's journey and then you understand his motivation by paralleling that with some historical angle of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and the originators of the Mormon faith. Yeah. I I mean, so you obviously read the John Krakauer book. I went into the series having not read it and have really, really enjoyed it. So I think if you go in as a non-reader or a reader, you could still really love this show. John Krakauer definitely lays it all for you flat and then explains to you the motivations. This one at least keeps the mystery teased out a little bit more so you can follow along as Jeb Pyrie, Andrew Garfield's character, is following the trail. I think by comparison to some of the other Based on a true story shows we've been seeing lately, there's also not already a great documentary about this that you can go watch, which is the case for so many of the others. Girl from Plainville and Dropout, where you can pop over to that 2020 special and uh, get a good bit of the story. That's not the case here. I mean, it'd be really hard to tell those parallel stories and find a compelling way to do that 
outside of the way that Krakauer wrote all of it. I think this show is such a genius adaptation in that way, where it's able to get documentary like reenactment style elements and make that narratively impactful. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Let's talk about fans of what other shows might like this. What comes to mind for you? I got to call out the act because it's so visually complex and the performances in it are just absolutely excellent. And I think that it is something much more kind of art house, which I liked than than your typical kind of, you know, reenactment of a documentary. I also thought of True Detective season one. Obviously that show set a tone for prestige TV, but I think there's a lot of overlap here in the like, dark Americana of it all, religion, ritual, off the grid, existential descent into madness. Yep. Um, Yeah, that all came to play here. And I was like, oh, I think anyone who likes True Detective would dig this too. Yeah, this was one of the notes that hit me when I was watching it was, I think Gil Birmingham would be a great addition to season four of True Detective, the one that Barry Jenkins is show running. I don't think I'm done watching him solve crimes and be a cop. He's so good in this that I just want to see more. He was amazing in this. For for context, he plays the de facto partner to Andrew Garfield's Jeb Pyrie. He's up from Vegas, and he's an outsider as a Native American, as a non-member of the LDS church. You've almost definitely seen Gil Birmingham in other things. He's tribal chairman Thomas Rainwater in Yellowstone or from Hell or High Water or as Jacob's dad in the Twilight Saga. A fun fact about Gil Birmingham actually is that he was a petrochemical engineer for years, then became an actor. He's actually 68 years old. And in the show, he's probably playing what, like early 50s and He's just having an incredible run right now. I I just see so much more great stuff for him. You're blowing my mind on Gil Birmingham. I I know he's an accomplished actor. I mean, he has 65 credits and you're right. Like he's not been acting as long or pursuing it as long. Wow. I love him even that much more. I mean, just give him like a weekly cop show on CBS, you know? It's funny you say that because I actually thought in some ways this series was one of the few prestige-style detective shows that I thought, you know, a Mormon detective wrestling with his moral center and solving these crimes within his own community, that feels repeatable to me. I love this dynamic between the two of them, and that's really what stands out for me is the Andrew Garfield character and performance. I mean, it's something that, you know, we love in Hollywood movies, our leading men, our men's men, you know, they're tough guys almost always, and Andrew Garfield is just one of the sweetest, warmest performers. (laughs) I mean, in this one especially, he's like always looks like he's on the verge of tears. I mean, I'm a huge fan of film noir. I love 40s and 50s film noir, like The Big Sleep and The Third Man. I also love the revisionist stuff of Chinatown. But, you know, all of those characters are these hard-boiled detectives at their lead, right? They're just these, like, morally gray characters that are always, like, one step ahead in the morally righteous category than their villain on the other side of the gun, right? Jeb Pyree is the sweetest sweet man that has ever lived, who loves his wife, who cares about his family. And, you know, of course, that is inherent to his Mormon upbringing and, and a lot of the values of the Mormon church that they instill in all of their members. 
But it's this flip on the hard-boiled detective that he's playing that I love, that I have not really seen. Garfield is just a morally great character. And what makes that also compelling is you see him traumatized in real time as he's Mm. going through this case step by step. And you see what it does to his psyche and what it does to his marriage as it haunts him when he goes home. And that's new for this kind of detective and really refreshing. And I would watch, I don't know, at least... 13 more seasons of this. Yeah. <laughs> if they can find absolutely. enough good crimes. Yeah. I thought too, that he's sort of the anti anti hero. We've got yes. so many anti heroes lately. Yes. Anti anti hero. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that Jeb Pyrie is a relief. Yeah. You're not getting a stock character for your lead when there's already a very interesting crime that they're telling. They already have the baked in narrative. It's a true story that they're telling, but Dustin Lance Black, again, with this brilliant adaptation, is creating a new character who is not in the book, not a part of this investigation necessarily. It's more of an amalgamation of the people who worked this case, is able to put all of that tension between you know the church and what is happening with the crime and all those deeper layers of corruption through this one character that is having his own internal conflict as he goes through it. Well, on that topic of Andrew Garfield, we asked on Twitter and Facebook what our fans' favorite Andrew Garfield role of all time is. Uh, we're going to read just a few of them. Mabs Merched said, I love Peter Parker, Tommy D, that's from Never Let Me Go, and John Larson equally, Don't Make Me Choose. I got to say, I, he first stood out to me in Never Let Me Go. I know that was a very yeah. early role, but I, I just thought he was so fantastic and yeah. a very unexpected odd film. Great adaptation as well. Then we had Shyness Angel 85. They said, Jonathan Larson is my favorite, but Desmond Doss from Hacksaw Ridge comes very, very close. Yeah, another sweet performance by him, but in a war. So yeah, another extreme conflict situation. (laughs) Yeah, that's our trend. We want to put sweet Andrew Garfield in horrifying (laughs) situations. Indie Film Beauty said, this super underrated movie, and then shared a poster of 99 Homes with Garfield and Michael Shannon. Yeah, great, great dramatic performances from both of them. And then one more, Space Geek called out another lesser known performance of Garfield's in Boy A, they said, this film is amazing, and I knew he was someone to watch after seeing it. It's a tough watch, though. Oh, I'm going to put that on my watch list. I, I haven't seen that. I'm, I'm you know, very pro-Garf right now after this show, so I need need, need more. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Ooh, uh-oh. It's Tick, 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 Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. I, Tick, Tick, Boom was my favorite film of last year. I have a soft spot for the Jonathan Larson story and stories about musical theater writers. And when you got Stephen Sondheim as a character talking to Andrew Garfield as a sweet musical theater writer, I'm in. Yeah, it's it's a really wonderful performance. And he goes all out. I'm just going to shout out Martin Scorsese's Silence. He mm. and Adam Driver and Liam Neeson are incredible. If you have three hours to watch through <laughs> a very sad and slow film about a Jesuit priest in Japan a long time ago, this is the film for you. But no, he is so fantastic. It's a really, yeah. really powerful film, but it is a slow burn and slow plot that once it reveals itself, it's just it's magnificent. OK, I'm going to add to my watch list. Yeah. Give yourself a Saturday and then you're going to have to think about it for a while. It's a commitment. <laughs> okay, a couple of weeks I'm setting aside. If folks at home want more of the Garf and <laughs> Daisy Edgar Jones just being themselves, I got to do a Ask Each Other Anything interview with them, which you can find on the Under the Banner of Heaven title page on IMDb. If you just search Under the Banner of Heaven, you'll, you'll find this video there. And they were so charming and hilarious. I know this is obviously such a serious 
show that they were talking about. But when they were together, some things came up about Spider-Man and um, (laughs) Daisy Edgar Jones makes a memorable mistake about Andrew Garfield's career uh, that you're not going to want to miss. Oh, did she think he played the cat? I can't reveal. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to see that. And if you do check out Under the Banner of Heaven, please keep tweeting at us at IMDb using the hashtag IMDbisobsessed, or you can always email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. Another thing I want to shout out, if you listen to last week's episode on the unbearable weight of massive talent and you want to do your own Cage a Day in May watch along, we're going to link an IMDb list in the show notes to guide you and your Nick Cage viewing experience. It'll be in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, I'm definitely going to hop in on that and <laughs> do my watch along. You mentioned it earlier, Alex, but we're taking next week off. That'll give everyone a chance to catch up on every show we've ever recommended or just name dropped in the last 20 weeks. So we'll meet you all back here to talk about our next obsession Friday, May 13th. It's going to be Jason Voorhees. All right. No spoilers. (laughs) See you then. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Bye. Bye.